This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. An art fence. Luxurious robes. But quests? Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we watch every episode of seminal 80s horror anthology, Tales from the Dark Side, and report it back to you. I'm Matt Noss. With me are my two best friends, Jen Hansen and Matt Rose. How are you guys doing tonight? Hi, Matt. So good. Yeah. I'm glad that when you are when you're doing it and you say, I'm Matt Noss, you point to yourself with your pen. <laughs> It's a good reminder for all of us. It is. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I do a couple podcasts, and one of them... You do? That, yes. Uh, we do Matters, <laughs> and uh, we do a podcast called Roach Coach, and that was the royal week, because uh, unfortunately, only Matters has Matt Rose in it, and uh, Roach Coach only has myself in it. Mm. Uh, so this is the only one with the delicious Jenna Hansen. Yeah. Um, but Lauren... Who I'm is too the, much for any other podcast. That's correct. Too hot. I've been asked not to come back. <laughs> too hot <laughs> for other shows. But Lauren has an introduction, and he writes it down and reads it every time. Mm. Every single time. And he, I am like, why that, do you do that, that? No, that actually makes me feel a lot better, because the um, the one time that you guys had me do it, yeah. Um, I really wanted to write it down, yeah. because I was like... You're gonna point at me as soon as you press the button, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna be like, "Uh, uh, hey, everyone, uh, uh, welcome uh, show, <laughs> welcome to Matt. No, it's this isn't matters. God damn it, Matt. It's yeah, pull it's it the, together, Rose. It's the pressure of it. I did, I did a commercial for uh, United Way once. Yes, with Keegan, with Keegan, and I had like two lines in the opening. I could not, it, it was like 20 takes. I could not remember them because they had just changed them. Finally, like somebody had to make cue cards for me for like two sentences. It was mortifying. Oh, I had to do um, two things, two videos at uh, at Shore. Mm-hmm. And I like, the, after the first one, I was like, oh, thank God they're never going to make me do that again. Nope. <laughs> no, I had to do a video and it was just mortifying. Yeah. And I was with the CEO too, and so he asked me a question, and I was with my boss, and then one of the other people that worked on like a project that went well, and for some reason they picked me to talk about it. And afterward, I just kind of went back to my desk and I kind of stared at my desk for like a good five minutes, and then I walked into my boss's office. And do you remember in Revenge of the Nerds when? The um, Dean Wormser, I think is I think that's what his name was, starts laughing when the jocks get beat by the nerds in one of the competitions, mm-hmm. and he's just like, <laughs> and keeps like my boss was doing that, <laughs> and like he just he wouldn't stop, he could not stop laughing at me, and I was like, I'm gonna go out, and then I'm gonna come back in. Do you think you can behave like an adult? And he was like, Nope. nope. <laughs> Lauren writes everything down because I just if I don't say it my brain will be like mm-hmm. finish I this. never finished it. no it's okay uh, um, is uh, my story 
I'll let you finish your story. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, Lauren worked in radio. Oh, okay. And so mm-hmm. he's just like, when you have to do it for traffic, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you screw up a copy, mm-hmm. the people who paid to get it on the air get super upset. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, I bet. Uh, and then they won't pay because you didn't <gasps> write down what mm. they said to say. Oh, wow. So, like, he always just, he writes it down to make sure. Wow. Hmm. I see. Personally, I think that's a good idea. Unfortunately for me, um, in the second video, I had written copy and I just kept messing it up. (laughs) Well, this episode we watched from season three, an episode called Heretic. Yes. It was season three, episode seven. Correct. Correct. Um, As is customary on the show at the beginning, we guess what this episode is about. Based on title alone, Jen, I know you've got yours rip raring, ready to go. Let's do it. Here we go. Heretic. A woman is bitten by a hairy tick because this show is pretty on the nose with titles. (laughs) Then she turns into a werewolf. (laughs) Love it. I'm going to get rid of it soon. Uh you know, no, I would I would prefer that you keep it. All right. Through monsters. <laughs> like we'll be doing Freddy's nightmares and I, I still want a werewolf uh, or or Frankenstein or Dracula. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Maddie, what do you got? Um, heretic. Arthur Ford, a teenager in Lansing, Michigan, is the only kid in school who doesn't like Riverdale and they burn him at the stake. Also, he was a mummy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very nice touch. I see uh werewolves, mummies. mummies. Yeah. Well, usually I go with a Frankenstein. Yeah. But this time I thought, like, you know, the <laughs> the mummy demographic is really underrepresented. Yeah, under underrepresented. Here's here's the thing about about uh, Tales from the Dark Side and why I'm excited to go to monsters because this show doesn't have enough monsters in it, and Matt and I have to keep throwing in werewolves and mummies and Frankenstein's because yeah, like this one, this one it just had a Grand like, Inquisitor. Yeah, like I mean, granted he he was a monster, but at the same time, like he didn't have fangs or like right. a tail that we saw. Yeah, and that's just unacceptable. Boo, Irons. Like so if. <laughs> <laughs> When Matt and I went and saw Dillinger, 4, I knew this story was yeah, coming. Yeah, you knew it was the coming. Only thing that happens in my brain when I hear Boo, Boo Ernst. Uh, so we go, and it was a fantastic show. Only eight songs, I think, were played, or less. Yeah, the eight songs or less were played, and I th- I think they were in uh, the Great American Going Out of Business sale or something like that, and. Um, the the bassist Patrick Costello throws up on himself and then falls back and like passes out. <laughs> Done. Oh, Done. God. Donezo. They are yeah. During the opening act, Matt and I look at the bar and we see the the bassist. Well, I get I get pu- like not really pushed from behind, but I get like kind of knocked out of the way, and a shirtless guy um starts trying to break dance like on the floor and. We like looked at each other and we were kind of laughing and then like he stood up and he was just like, woo, or something. Mm-hmm. And, and we looked at each other and it started to dawn on us, oh my God, that's Patty. That's the basis <laughs> for the band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fully wasted. Oh, super <sighs> wasted before they ever even started playing. the One of the opening bands was playing and he ran up on stage and started doing backing vocals. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is what you expect on oh, a Dillinger God. 4 show. Um, so- they are nuts. <laughs> So he gets up there, wasted, and he starts yelling out songs that they're not ready to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they do a Pogues cover, uh-huh. and they I, like they 
he's like, we're doing it. What is it? Franny? Sally McLean. We're going to do, we're, we're going <clears> to. <throat> Sally McLean. And then the lead singer goes, we are not ready for that. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and he just starts playing it on the bass. And it's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Um, and then in between songs, usually there's a lot of chatter back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just picked a few people in the audience. And, and this one was guy was Don wearing Rickles. One guy was wearing a T-shirt from a band called Braid. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Braid? Oh. <laughs> the they're, they're no tilt. <laughs> Um, but but so he passes um, out. He passes out, and uh, I think it was Eric, the the, the singer. I'm... No no no, uh, Eric Funk, the the singer, was like, uh, "That's the show. Sorry guys." <laughs> and and, people are going, and then, boo. well, yeah, you heard a few people were like, "Boo, this is bullshit." And Lane, uh, the drummer, gets up, and as he's getting up, he says into the microphone, "Are you saying boo or <laughs> boo earns?" <laughs> And Matt and I laughed so hard. We were like, the best show. That's, yeah. that is that that we got what we paid for. Well, we got what Matt paid for. I was saying <laughs> boars. <laughs> My description of the show based on name alone was Hey Pilgrims, one of these ladies is a witch. It's the one that turned me down for the Mayflower dance. <laughs> you know, I that uh, the cadence of what you wrote down reminds me of a song I'd hear on Rick and Morty. <laughs> Like the the Terry Folds dance. Oh, oh, lick those flappy folds, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Unfortunately, none of those were the actual definition of this show or Never. or description. Nope. Uh, Jen, hit us up with the sweet deets. Oh, about I got this some episode. sweet deets for you. Uh, arrogant art dealer Hart buys an expensive 16th century tempera painting from an art fence, then lands in a court of inquisition to face judgment for his act. This episode was directed by Jerry Cotts, uh, Gerald Cotts as Jerry Smith. Uh, Rick and Morty. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Did I break the show? Yes. Jerry Smith uh, is is known for providing camera and electrical services for the movie Hair and for doing Tales from the Dark Side and National Geographic videos, Americans Endangered Species. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing about Rick and Morty. America's Endangered Species. And there's a bald eagle on it. There we go. That's that's what an eagle says, all right? Caca. <laughs> uh, the writer was the white the writer was friend of the show, Edith Svensson. Edith Svensson. Edith, oh, Edith, she's back, baby. Uh, <laughs> Edith's done a whole bunch of stuff. I know we talk about her a lot because Edith has wrote has written ten episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. Did she wrote any monsters episodes? She wrote six episodes of oh, Monsters. Man. Oh, so, so she ain't going have anywhere. Years of Edith, Edith is the to gift come. that just keeps on giving. She, yes, she is. She's written a bunch of charmed so when we get to charmed uh we can uh <laughs> transmissions from the charms yeah side. <laughs> there we go uh robert Blo- roberts blossom played the inquisitor uh he really started doing a lot of acting when he reached his 50s uh, a lot of tv acting he played a lot of uh cantankerous oddballs as his uh as his bio mentions 
Uh, he was Ezra Cobb, deranged lunatic in the movie Deranged uh, in the 70s. No way. He was the farmer. Deranged. Wasn't that the movie about uh, Ed Gein? Uh, or it was inspired by Ed Gein, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure because that also had the uh, the old guy from um, Home Alone as Ed Gein, I this thought. This is, uh, he oh is God, the old him. guy from Home oh Alone. Oh my God, yeah. then yeah, that was, yeah. that was about Ed Gein, yeah. holy shit. Um, he was the old guy in Home Alone. He was the farmer who saw Bigfoot in Close Encounters. Uh, he was also a poet. Okay. And noted, right. yes. Bruce McVittle uh, played Hart. Bruce McVitty? McVittle. McVitty. Mc, <laughs> Matt made the bird sound. <laughs> <Ca-caw>! Thank <laughs> you. All right. Bruce McVitty played Hart. Uh, he's a character actor from the 80s. Michael O'Hare played Jimmy. He was a regular on Babylon 5 and was a character actor in the 80s. Alan Scarf played Mysterious Man. He was a character actor in the 80s who was in Lethal Weapon and in the movie Andromeda, he played Flavin. (laughs) (laughs) Flavin, Flavin. Your mind can't understand it on as many levels. (laughs) You know what my mind can't understand? How man lives in the sunlit world of what he believes to be reality. But there is, unseen by most, an underworld? A place that's just as real, but not as brightly lit. Oh, it's a dark side. It's a dark dark side. It's a dark side, guys. The door from the dark side. Is that what the show is about? Hold it. What? Are these all happening? We'll we'll figure it out after the show. The door from the dark side swings wide open. And we're introduced to adult contemporary Ferris Bueller. (laughs) There is so much going on in this opening that we had to pause it. It's... It's another classic Tales menagerie. It is, <laughs> it is, you know what it's like? It's when you go to a gift shop in a tourist trap. And yeah. there's that one item that they sell that has fucking everything on it. Yeah. It's like, the, it's like put your family name here, and here's some sandals, and here's a shovel. And, a, and this part is a can opener, and this, and this part is a thermometer. That is the that is this haunted exposition dump. This this came straight from Breezewood. This is, yeah. <laughs> all all the wood we use is washed on the shore of <laughs> Lake Everybody Hates It. Uh, <laughs> nobody can go into it because of the E. coli. Anyway. Uh so we got two two gentlemen in the scene. Uh a scene that has f- some fancy art in a some Knockoff art, yeah, <laughs> in a Manhattan apartment, in a in a warehouse that could be a Manhattan right. apartment, in a, in a soundstage, in a soundstage sound with four walls, yeah. to make it look like it's an apartment. And there is a uh, a gentleman who is the art fence, who is Jimmy, I think it's Jimmy, is. who's also clearly just Bill Pullman from Spaceballs. <laughs> He he looks exactly like Lone Star. <laughs> no, he does. That's what he looks like. And then we see the art buyer or the dealer himself. Yes, Hart. Hart. Mr. Hart. Can I just say that their dynamic sucks? Are they a couple? No. They're not, but But why is he wearing that sexy bathrobe all the time? I That's a good question. 
Heart is, I think what it is, it's Edith Svensson's version of opulence. Okay. That I wearing a robe all day? If a person when I was unemployed, I wore a robe all day too. <laughs> if yeah. a per- a person gets so rich that they can wear it's the equivalence of sweatpants today. Okay. Like you know that there's like those hundred and fifty, two hundred dollar sweatpants. I know of them. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like man, fucking I just wear yeah. sweatpants all day. Yeah. That's the opulence that Edith Spenson dreamed of for Star. What is his name? Heart. 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 I hate it. I hate that name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not write it down now. There is in this apartment a huge crate. Like the wooden crate at the end of Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Raiders of the Lost Ark. So we're like, ooh, something in here belongs in a museum. (laughs) Very true. Thank you. Everything. It belongs in a museum. So because everything in the movie. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So Hart, <laughs> um, how would you describe Hart's acting? Oh, he's like he's like. A, do you guys know who Kevin Corrigan is the actor? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not. He was in. Um, he, he was, was in was, Community. He was one. He was the teach one of the teachers. He was in Freaks and Geeks. He was. Um, he was in Fringe, but you didn't watch Fringe. He was in Slums of Beverly Hills. Um, um, if you saw him, you'd know who he is. I think Jen's going to pull him up yeah. for me right now. But He looks like a constipated oh, Kevin Corrigan. Oh, shit. I know who Kevin and Corrigan is now. He's got like a really weird kind of stilted delivery a lot of times. Yeah. Yes. Which I, this actor had as as well. He, Still, looks, he looks like a stoned Frank Welly. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, yep. Stilted is an understatement. Like yeah. this is high low stilted. <laughs> like he he has one that's ten feet down yeah. and one that's ten feet up. Their dialogue about it. So he walks into the room, big crate is there, and the fence is smoking. Yeah. And he's like, Don't smoke. Put that out. It's the way they're speaking to each other, it was almost hard to follow. Mm-hmm. It was. I, I I will give you that. That's why I, my notes here are spotty at best. Yeah. So if if Edith Svensson is known for anything, it's it's her dialogue. Sure. I mean she <laughs> is, is that what known. she's known for? No, she's she's known for adding the sex appeal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well and she and we got it in spades with the robe and their shirtless list. She she later. does love a and, robe. And Jimmy what was the point of even buttoning that shirt? He only had it buttoned like two buttons yeah. up. They're talking about this box. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Jimmy knows somebody who's excavating a church. This a part- 16th century monastery. And uh, he's putting the good stuff to the side and putting it all in this crate. And this crate cost Twenty thousand dollars, and that's nineteen eighty six dollars. So yeah. that's like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, eighty. <laughs> I, I, it would 60? be, it would be more than twenty. I mean, I mean, it would still be a sizable chunk of money. Um, and the box is full of garbage, basically. So he starts taking things out of the box, and there is yes. a pair of women's shoes. Why was there a pair of women's shoes in there? 
Um, they were high heel shoes. Because it was sexy. Hey, everybody. There she is. Hey, I just want to <laughs> clarify a couple of points. Uh, yes, uh, you know, the uh, women high heel shoes is so sensual. Mm-hmm. Is for At the same time, there was uh, Zoman King's Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was very sensual. And uh, I did not write for that, but I would lay on the side of the, on the, side of the sets and just eat grapes. <laughs> and it gave Zoman King much inspiration. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I put men in bathrobe because you don't know when you're going to see a little bit of, uh, you know, the undercarriage. Uh, could slip out at any time. The actor said, hey, could I wear, you know, a little uh, a little short or a little pants under here? I said, hey, we need to give some mystery. Some mystery? Yeah. What, what kind of mystery are we talking about Oh, here? like when your dick is going to come out. <laughs> oh, I get it now. Yeah. So, like, the mystery is... When's that dick gonna come out? Hey, I would call, he would do a scene, and then I would say, cut, and the director would say, hey, stop saying that. (laughs) But I would say, cut, I can't see enough of his dick. And the director said, that's not what the scene is about. I said, I'm the writer. I know what the scene is about. Let me take him to my trailer. (laughs) So did you take this guy to your trailer? Oh, I made sweet love to him. I said, you cannot understand the part until you cup my breast <laughs> okay and then the other guy comes in so and the the art fence the art fence his name jimmy i wrote i wrote name jimmy because that is a man's name yep that is a man's name that is and a man's name. we made sweet love for three four five minutes <laughs> it was powerful and it was frightening and it inspired me to finish writing the episode holy wait they were filming the episode and you hadn't finished writing it yet? Yeah, you know, in 86 for television, you know, it, it, it goes so fast, you got to get it started. So you start the episode, you don't know what is going to happen. I wrote, it, page one took me a day to write. I thought it would take a day to film. Well, that is true. Yeah. Hey, do you hear that honking outside? I got to go. See you later, Edith. Okay, goodbye. That makes a lot of sense. I'm glad he has cleared some of that up. Yep. <laughs> Very helpful. They start pulling out more objects. Oh, it's a bowl. And Hart is nonplussed by this fucking bowl. He's That's like, a beggar's bowl, 18th century at best. Right. Or 19th century, whatever. It doesn't matter. Pulls out bullshit. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got like a, a wooden lion. I have no idea. <laughs> we never what talked it- about that. Yeah. Why were these? Nah, all right, whatever. So, the Jimmy the art fence could have just left it at that. Could have, but mm-hmm. Hart's like, I paid twenty thousand dollars for this. I expect to get that twenty thousand dollars back. And uh, the art fence, Jimmy starts freaking out. Yeah, he's like, I spent that twenty thousand on this crate. How am I going to pay you back? Jimmy's not <laughs> making a lot of money in the deal. If he's yeah. getting paid $20,000 for it, and he yeah. paid $20,000 for it, Jimmy's not good at math. No. Well, Jimmy's idea is whatever he gets for Hart, when Hart sells it, he'll make three grand on that. Okay. Yeah. That That's the whole thing. Jimmy looks at the at this big box... And then he puts his hand into it, and he's like, wait a minute. And then he he looks outside of the box, back in the box, outside, (laughs) back inside. 
And he says, there's something funny about this box or about this crate. And um, Hart, just sitting on the couch now, um, says, yeah, yeah, says, yeah, there's something funny about it. He reaches in. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the laziest thing. So he reaches in and he pulls out a false bottom and he pulls out a painting, a really shitty painting, but a painting nonetheless, and hands it to uh to Hart and Hart says that this painting is the most valuable piece he's ever handled. It is as I wrote down priceless shitty art. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that was the act break. Um before we go to commercial I wrote down that this was the poor man's mammoth. Like they're their yeah. repartee back and forth wanted to be Glenn R- Gary Glenn Ross, yeah, but it missed that by a million <laughs> <Yes>. miles. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair though, they wouldn't be able to pull off Mammoth on TV, but without all the swear words, yeah. yeah. Well, you could have put a lot of swears in this, and I don't think it would have uh, made it, it better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, when you're buying a twenty thousand dollar Cracker Jack box, <laughs> why? Okay, so so who packed this crate? Is it the the guys who were excavating, or did the, the guys excavators. who were, or did the guys who were excavating find this crate? No. The, then why did they put a false bottom in it? Why did they? Why did they put shoes in it? Yeah. <laughs> and why were there high heel shoes in underneath uh, a, a 18th century? We take church? you to the excavation site. Uh, hey dudes. Uh, so uh, I got this fence. It gave me twenty thousand dollars. I got to fill this box up with shit. Oh, I, if uh, there's not enough, put a false bottom in it. I, uh, I got a pair of shoes I found in the back alley. Hey, that's hey. good. That's good. Hey, yeah. can I talk to you for a second? Sure thing. I'm pretty sure Daryl's wearing those shoes. <laughs> I saw him in the bathroom jerking it on these shoes. <laughs> hey, what are you guys talking about over there? Oh, hey, nothing. Nothing, Daryl. Talking about where to get lunch. Yeah, I think it's like a real problem because his wife's feet ain't that big. So no, they ain't that big. Where's he getting these shoes? These are at least size 12 ladies' high heels. I didn't even know they made them that big. I'm not saying he's murdering ladies and taking their shoes, but, these... but I'm not not saying it. Well, I'm going to put them in a plastic bag because I ain't touching them fuckers. No, that's evidence. <laughs> hey, what are you doing over there? Uh, Not touching these shoes. Oh, he's fucking. Oh, he's that totally shoe. fucking those shoes. Also, I found this priceless work of art. Why don't I put it in a false bottom so our buyer has no fucking idea? Oh, good one. Hey guys, I found a wooden lion. Oh, we'll try to not stick it up your ass. <laughs> Scene. We'll be back after these messages with more transmissions from the dark side. Watching TV, watching TV. Used to keep searching for something to see. Then my mom, she got smart. She got me video art. 16 colors set me free. Now the best thing on TV is me. Video art. Draw my own stuff. Make my own shows. It even erases me. Off it goes. Video art. Now the best thing on TV is me. 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 Video art. Wow. That was a... Rapping is the funnest thing. If you rap, you are unhinged. Rapping thing. 
Ah, hing. Ah, I know. Oh, I'm a rap to the front and rap to the back. If you're doing video art, then take a lap. Have you seen the second season of Look Around You, where it's like a '70s TV show? No. Oh, there's there's a rap. I'll I'll show you the rap after. Welcome back to Transmissions from the Dark Side. It's Act Two, and uh, we're still in a shitty loft in NYC. Uh, so we learn more about this this painting. Heart takes it out. It's uh, like some 16th century painting of the Crusades. That's what I'm guessing. So it's like a guy being tortured. You see uh, an inquisitor in a in a red robe, sort of over him, kind of yelling at him. Yeah, and, and a monk. With yeah, a cup. and you see a monk on the uh, the right. The mm-hmm. inquisitor's on the left. You see a guy in the background. Um, and then the there's uh, fire in the background. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. fire in the background. And then you see the um, the heretic on the ground, kind of cowering. Um, and then on the back is Latin. Mm-hmm. And Hart says, "Boy, I wish I could read the inscription." And he tries to read it a few times. Uh, well, anyway, I got a case of Dom Perignon in the fridge. A case. A case. Yep. A case of Dom Perignon. This is the point where I wrote down: Are they lovers? Jimmy knows that three grand is a pittance, right? For what this picture, what this piece of art is actually worth, right? So he starts going, "Hey, dude, just remember old Jimmy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that three grand is a little light, if you know what I mean. Especially considering how much you think you're going to get for this. They never said how much he was going to get for it, but it doesn't no. matter. Um, and so he he starts talking about how he wants more money. And Hart's like, look, man, I get it. I get it. I've been where you are. But you're a sucker. And you have to you have to take advantage. Like, basically, he starts telling him how he used to be just like him, but he... Took advantage Manage. of yeah. another art dealer, and now he has everything that you know. He what is he's what holding he all the cards. Well, yeah, he he said something like, "And I didn't let go until I had everything he had." Yep. Um, and that's you know essentially what you have to do. Where it's like, is that really a wise decision to tell Jimmy that I, I the only the way thing. to we succeed is to steal from you to ruin heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That not, seems like not a. a Bad a conversation. Smart idea. So, eventually, Jimmy leaves. Jimmy leaves saying something like, hey, what goes around comes around. I'll be back or some right. shitty line. And then, Hart's alone with this piece of art. And we, throughout the first act and into the second and the third act, we see that Hart is the worst cigarette smoker that has ever existed. He has not only never smoked, he's never seen a cigarette. <laughs> he doesn't know how they work. Well, he, this this show, this particular episode, didn't know how fire worked either, but we'll get to that later. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, he he is pinching it, but instead of, like, pinching it, like, with like his a, hand yeah. tucked in, it's pinched with like an open hand. So it's like all four of his fingers are together and his thumb is just coming up to his index. And then he's not doing it from like the outside in. He's doing it from the inside out. It's like he's in Blues Traveler playing a harmonica. <laughs> he is. If 
that cigarette were a submarine sandwich, he'd be doing great. He's not doing great. He looks like a fucking maniac. He looks like a fool. And he's in a robe. He's in a Parker Lewis can't lose white patterned robe. And time has passed. Enough time has passed for him to take this painting, put it on an altar next to two candles inexplicably. At this point, I wrote... Get dressed. <laughs> wrote you, it big you letters. You showed it to me. <laughs> so let's talk about this for a second. Why would he put a painting on an altar to light candles by? Why would you have fire and wax next to this? This guy could give two fucking shits about religion, about the history of this stuff. He, all he cares about is money. He says earlier that he is a Bottom line person. Yeah. So he could care less about the history of it. The only reason he cares about the history of it is because the older it is, the more money I get. Right. So why would he build this altar? Why would he light candles? Why would he risk well, I damaging don't think, it? I don't think he built the altar. I think he probably had that already. Right. But, but I, like, I think it... that he was, honestly, I think he was a set in a mood, man. <laughs> I always like to jerk off to the... Most expensive, most expensive thing in the, the house. <laughs> I have to. I it's, can't stop until oh. I get the candles out. Oh, you! You never seen an opulence altar? You never. You never seen. I put the keys to my Ferrari on it, and I bang one out on the couch while smoking a cigarette awkwardly. Don't blame me. It's from the mind of Edith Spence. <laughs> so weird. So weird. He he puts it on. He lights the two candles. Mysterious wind mm-hmm. blows out all the lights in the house. I like how it blew out the candles and then turned out the lights too. Oh yeah, and That's wind. so so he 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 stops awkwardly smoking his cigarette to look around. Hey, there's fucking Friar Tuck in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote it's Friar. Oh fuck. <laughs> Very nice. Um, when that happens, when the lights go out in Georgia or in the city. Or in the city. Thank you. Uh, and he backs out. He walks into Friar Tuck. And Friar Tuck is full mummied. <laughs> <laughs> Hands out like a walker. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Maybe the actor was afraid of the dark. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Let my hands be the guide. I just, I, I get nervous when the lights are turned off. Can we just have one light on in here? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Hart. We can't have any lights on. That's the whole thing. I just get very uncomfortable and I already feel very vulnerable being in a robe. <laughs> Well, we did have to cut 20 minutes of this episode because of nut hair. I just, can I just have, can I have two candles that I'm holding in each hand? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hart. No. Can I have three cigarettes? Maybe. Okay. (laughs) Film the scene. Friar Tuck. Like Friar Fuck. You know what I mean. Took me a while to get to that guy. Sorry, <laughs> I said it like yeah, yeah I know <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Friar Tuck starts laying 
some sweet truth bombs. Yeah. That bowl? That is the bowl of St. Bartholomew. He goes into a little bit of how St. Bartholomew had the you know, the oath of poverty, but that his bowl was never empty. And that bowl passed from generation of beggar to generation of beggar, I guess. Generation of beggar to generation of beggar. Oh, give me that bowl. Oh, you don't look poor enough. Oh, I can make myself poorer. I'm sure you can. If I slip some of this off. Oh, hello. Thump, thump. (laughs) Them titties is priceless. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> you see when I wrote the episode <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god Them titties is Them titties priceless. is priceless That's going on a bumper sticker Oh. It's probably already on. Yeah. Gabbermedia.com slash store for them, <laughs> them titties, titties is priceless, priceless bumper stickers. <laughs> uh, so he's asking him, you know, you know, the, or the, the friar is saying, you know, you know, this is valuable, but do you know the real value? You are, you are a thief. You, you must, uh, you must return what you stole. And Hart's like, nah, bro. I'm good. I'm good. Art in, exists to enrich the soul. I don't care about that. Yeah, and the friar's holding the the cup or the the, the bowl. The bowl of Saint Yeah, and, and he straight knocks it out of him like his like a bully. He knocks it out of his hands. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he's telling him how he went to parochial school for uh, for twelve, 12 years. years, and they all they lived for is to tell me how much I stink, and all I could think of is like, well, I mean. Do you stink? Yeah. Like maybe maybe you have like a medical condition. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they were actually trying to help you and you just took it like the wrong way. I don't know. I bet you he wore that robe all twelve years. Yeah. It's too big for him when he was a little kid. <laughs> he was swimming it. This is a, this is such he a weird like the kid at the end of big. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Josh Baskins. Yeah. Um so this is a weird, weird thing, but the whole stink thing, like twelve mm-hmm. years of stinking. Um, uh, I saw I saw Brian and Krista ra- lately, who are our mutual friends, mm-hmm. and Krista talked about this BuzzFeed article that she could never find again, but it was like gross things about men, and one of the items was men who don't wipe themselves because they think getting anything near their butthole is gay. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> Not a joke. That and there's can't lo- be true. And there's like Twitter streams of like a woman being like, "Does anybody else have this?" And then like tons of women like, "Yes." Like one man told his wife that he thought toilet paper was for women. That's I just... am I am literally like jaw dropped. I it is insane that. Uh, you know, I would say oh, that, makes that, me sad. that I would say that like that can't be true, but look at the state of the world we're in. <laughs> it is absolutely true. Like you stink, man. You didn't and that means you didn't teach your kid. That means their parents, like no one taught them to wipe their butt. Well, unless they just had girls. Cuz remember, toilet paper for girls. Oh god, everything's terrible. Everything's yeah. terrible. At least you guys made out okay on this one. Like the only time, right? Yeah. <laughs> we get clean buttholes. Yeah. 
Thanks. Just... Thanks. Thanks, America. <laughs> Thanks, America. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, cool. Everybody's into eating buttholes now? Yeah. Great. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Preach. Preach. Preach that. Yeah. That's what I'm into. That's what I'm in That's dying who for. Who isn't? Yeah. Just a big old... Old mouthful of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have for breakfast every morning. Just a bowl full of bubbles. Oh, God. Oh, all right. Oh. Well, can you look tomorrow? We're gonna do this, but I don't need you to eat anything for the rest of the day. When did it get so popular? When did it? When did this latest phase start? Because every porn, it's in every porn it now, is. and it's not like it used to be like a genre thing, and right. now it's like. No, now, now it's, it's standard vanilla. issue. Now it's vanilla. Yeah, I d- I don't I don't understand. Not a fan. No. And I mean honestly, anything with the butt, it's like just don't do it. Yeah. Man. Just leave it alone. It goes through enough trouble already. Yeah. <laughs> Look. <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> leave that butthole alone. It has enough are we going to have some butt quests? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, ring ring. Hey, you're on butt quests. Hey, uh so I uh a uh, uh, listener of the show calling now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I just, I just had a butt quest. Yeah, I'm ready for your butt quest. What's okay, up? Okay, yeah, I got a butt quest. Uh What's up with the butt? What's up with the butt? Common butt quest. Um well, it's an erogenous zone for some. I saw a movie where somebody put the nose in it. Yep. That is a thing. Why is that a thing? Hey, man. People have different strokes for different folks. Yeah, but there's all kinds of stuff in the front. Next caller. All right. We're just going to dump that call. And once again, if you have a butt quest that's like, how do I keep it clean? I can help, but if it's about why, I can't help. Hey, it's me still again. You, I didn't even pick up the... I dumped this call. How yeah. did you get in? No, I'm hanging on by a thread. <laughs> uh, Technology doesn't seem to work like that, but yeah. okay. Uh, so, yeah, again, about the front. Uh-huh. There's no butt in the front. That is true, but there is something called front butt. <laughs> <laughs> there is something called front butt. But you don't fuck it. Oh, I've been known to fuck a front butt. <laughs> <laughs> you give me front, you give me butt in the front or the back. I'm down to do it. And that's what you get from Butt Quest, the quest to understand the butt. All right, well I understand it now. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Sitting alone in a <laughs> studio, waiting for some ring ring. Hello. <laughs> Oh, hey. Is Welcome to da- Butt Quest. Is this Daniel? I mean, I- how do you know my name? <laughs> oh, I thought I dialed the wrong number. Wait, is this a show again? I was just trying to call. I was just trying to call my friend Dan. Well, my name is Daniel, and you called the show again. How did you know my name? Oh, that's my friend. It's just a coincidence. My my friend Dan is also named Hold Dan. Hold it. Is this Daryl? Yeah, this is Daryl. It's me, Dan. Dan, you're hosting Butt Quest? <laughs> the host of Butt Quest. Oh my God. I'm really into anal Dude, and I never I told didn't anybody. Even know. Oh, so weird for that you. That to... explains why you have toilet paper. <laughs> well, you don't use toilet paper. No, it's for girls. Bad scene. <laughs> but, butt Quest. Butt Quest. Butt 
Should you put your finger in it? No, you shouldn't. No, you should. Unless you want that duty index. That duty index. That duty index. Oh, God, his hands were gross. He had a duty index, a poo-poo ring. (laughs) He got boo-boo wrist. Oh, he got that boo-boo wrist. One day, we will take this from an X-rated show and move it up to a hard R. Yeah. It's gotten... I I apologize to anyone who's... who's, New? Yeah. (laughs) First episode. If this is your first and last episode, I apologize. I get it. You turned <laughs> it, it makes sense. You turned it off minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> or, or did we finish the episode yet? No, no. We, no. we haven't even right. finished the second. We haven't yet. even gotten yeah. to the Inquisition. Which yeah, this is episode's a, boring. This episode did suck. Yeah. Um. All right. The bowl gets thrown out of the uh, Friar Tuck's hands. You're out of here, bowl. <laughs> but when it hits the ground, it's full of water. What? <laughs> Matt, what did you say? <laughs> oh, I said, it's full of water. There we go. Great. Thanks. I know. I spit so hard on this mic that there was like a little like sitting on yeah. Like normally, like Like spit is bead of spit. Yeah, like it had formed into a froth. Uh, Yeah, if you're listening to this show, it's not because you love tales for the (laughs) dirt. Because obviously we don't. It's because you like butt stuff. Obviously. (laughs) Oh, give me them butt quests. Oh, yeah, hey, I've co- no, I, I gotta go. <laughs> all right. All of a sudden, <laughs> our boy is transitioned to the Inquisition. And he is basically in the same position that the pitcher has. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I never made the connection between the picture and this episode and what happened to him. I just didn't. Bullshit, number one. <laughs> no. Bullshit. No, I didn't. I was thinking about I thought it was something different. Oh, what did you think it was? I thought he accidentally went to his neighbor's house. <laughs> okay. And they had like a fetish thing going. Oh, and- like they'd like to role play the Inquisition? Yeah. Oh, can you imagine that? Like, that's what gets you going? Yeah, you put on all of the the, the heavy robes and vestments of, <laughs> of the uh, Inquisition Guard. Yeah, you guys, you know what gets my dick hard? The intricacies of Catholic doctrine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awooga. Speaking of fucking weird Catholic doctrine, so he gets accused of his crimes from Fire, Friar Tuck. Mm-hmm. He's like, he steals art. And then incites others to steal art for him. And And he won't apologize. (laughs) He hit my bowl. He he might as well say, he hit my bowl. (laughs) He was a real no-good Nick. (laughs) 
He was a real meanie. He was generally rude. Also, I don't believe he wipes. <laughs> I mean, Apparently, even... he listened to Butt Quest. Yeah. Even... It would be so uncomfortable to walk around and oh, not God. wipe it would, your ass. It would... It, it, like I would think that it would like burn and shit, yeah. right? How could you not have a rash constantly? Or some I, sort I don't of like know. that would be yeah, that would be awful because there's been, you know, like a moment where it's like, oh, I didn't Yes. Yep, yep. You yes, gotta yep. go back in for a where second the, round. Where oh, there yeah. feels like I am not clean. Yes. Yep, yep, yes. Yep. That's a great way to put it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm a wordsmith. <laughs> <laughs> it's this podcast <laughs> continually proves up. <laughs> So, and then we go to commercial. Yeah, that was the act, act break. break. Um, oh, well, hold it. Was his confession the act break? Oh, no, 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 no. It was, no, just, no, no. It was the Grand Inquisitor the... shows up. And, uh, like, and he goes, know. oh? Well, I, I think he said something <laughs> really. Tim Allen showed up? Yeah. <laughs> so Wilson's the Inquisitor. Yep. He's behind a fence. Yep. <laughs> and Jill's inside just hopping mad. Yeah. <laughs> JT squared was the uh, was the guy who beats him up. We're really cracking the code on this one. <laughs> All right, that's the act break. Uh, we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. On evenings like this, I like to curl up with a good book. Sort of book that lets the imagination run away with you. If you're like me and enjoy the mysterious and the unexpected, you'll love the enchanted world. A fascinating new series from Time Life Books about the legends, myths, and folk tales of ages past. These are the books that let you fly along with those unlucky spirits condemned to haunt the world of the living. You'll find yourself in a world where valiant warriors battle fearsome dragons and scaly creatures snatch away beautiful maidens. Each volume brings to life so vividly those inhabitants of the other world, witches and wizards, ghosts, goblins, and avenging knights. Call now and enter the enchanted world with the first book, Wizards and Witches. My favorite subject. It's an intriguing account of sorcery, spells, and deception. Other books include ghosts, fairies, and elves, and dragons. Painstakingly researched by the editors of Time Life Books, each volume is exquisitely illustrated and portrayed with masterworks of art. Each volume is superbly written and bound in luxurious fabric. Thanks in human blood. Only remember, once you're lured into the enchanted world, there's no telling where your imagination will take you. <laughs> to order your first book, call now. 1-800-453-3900. It will be sent to you free for 10 days. Keep it in pay just $14.95 plus shipping and handling. Others will follow about one every other month. Keep the ones you want. Cancel any time. So call 1-800-453-3900. Oh, we got to call that. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to call that I wonder what number. happens if you call, uh, if you would call one of those numbers now. Do you guys remember, I started laughing because, do you remember the, it was a, it was the episode of The Simpsons where they all go to the Super Bowl and Marge and Lisa stay home to find something to do and they find, um, Vincent Price's egg magic and it's this 
<laughs> this little egg decorate. It's like an egg decorating kit for Easter. And um, but there's no feet in the box, so they call the 800 number, and there's a message from Vincent Price. You know, while I return to the sweet embrace of the crypt, something, something. If you're calling about the feet, <laughs> leave your address, and my grandson Rory will send them out to you. You mean this? So good. Jody. <laughs> grandson Jody. Jody Price. We're back and it's trial time, City USA. Bum bum boo doo 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 doo. The US judicial system has two systems, but nobody cares about that because we're in the Inquisition. Where there's a fucking inquisitor and a heretic. I don't know. Anyway, I'm drunk. See you guys later. <laughs> This inquisitor is actually pretty well acted. He does he does a great job. It's just the whole thing is boring ridiculous. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's somewhere in times himself to the Inquisition. Yeah. And uh I wished he would have found that coin in his pocket. <laughs> uh somewhere in time jokes? No, no, that was that yeah, was a good I one. Left. Thanks. <laughs> None of us are super happy about it. Thanks. Uh, eh, um, instead of the Grand Hotel, it was a dungeon. We get it. I gotta write more jokes. Uh, <laughs> come on, come on, close the deal. Uh, so can we just? Okay, so he's he's in the How dungeon. How the fuck are they speaking the same language? I, is my first I call. Don't know. Let's, let's just, well, can we just jam through it here? Yeah, let's just let's just <laughs> jammer. <laughs> Go the jammer. Can we make here. this quick and perfunctory? I'm. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, well, Matt and I are great at this because yeah. we watched T-Man. Oh, All right. great. So, okay, jam. Bam. The monk uh, tells, well, he. we already talked about how the um, heart was guilty of inciting others. Uh, they put him on the rack and he will suffer until he confesses. Doesn't take long. He confesses. Uh, he promises to be better. Poof. Wakes up on the couch all sweaty. Kind of weird. Whatever. He starts drinking. In a from- shirt. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but now he's in a shirt. This is the only time we've seen him in a shirt. Yeah. Go ahead, continue. And now, this bishop has a boner because he gets all up in his face while he's in the rack shirtless. Mm-hmm. And he's like, tell me about your sins. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I was thinking, he's got the shirt when he comes back after all this. Ignore yeah, me. he does. Well, he, so he he wakes up on the couch and he's drinking from the bowl, right. which is now full of right. so water he, again instead confesses, of being on the ground. Once he confesses... And he has this act of contrition, which is to sell everything back or give everything back that he has stolen. And he to says stop, he's and going to, stop to do inciting, it. And yeah. to stop inciting people to steal and, and to generally just not be Friar such a Friar Tuck perk. gives him the bowl and he starts drinking from the bowl of forgiveness. Match cut. Match cut back on his couch in New York City. In a shirt somehow. <laughs> so 
Instead of doing what he said he was going to do, he starts calling the people to try to sell this for extra. Mm-hmm. So he calls Mr. Gerber and he's like, he's like, what do you mean he's not going to be back for two weeks? I need to sell this now. The whole time smoking like somebody who's never seen a cigarette in his life. <laughs> so he takes the painting, he throws it in the garbage can with a bunch of burnable material. This part makes no sense because the what he throws it in looks like it's wood, so he's just starting a fire, fire. in the middle. That's of exactly I don't understand why people think, do that inside that, in that's, movies. That's that's so that's what I was thinking when I said this show doesn't know how fire works, right? Because for one, he, he's in an apartment; he's going to have a fire alarm. Um, but Matt, he doesn't even know how to smoke. <laughs> you got me there. But like, um, he would be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because one thousand percent, it's gonna light the carpet on fire. That's gonna go everywhere, and then it's just it's terrible. Everyone's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um. I write, return it, you idiot. Yeah. So he then calls Jimmy. Ah, uh, because it won't burn. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm sorry. The the um the fire eventually goes out, and he picks the. <laughs> it's been on fire for a couple minutes. The fire goes out and he goes up and picks up the painting. Stupid. Like, let me explain something to you. Fire makes things hot. It should have left an imprint of the painting on his hand like an Indiana Jones. (laughs) Oh, that would have been amazing. (laughs) He calls Jimmy and he's like, I'll sell it to you. $10,000. He got me over a barrel, Jimmy. But guess what? Today's your lucky day. You get the painting. Get the painting. So, um, this end of the episode goes so fast compared yep. to the lackadaisical pace of the rest <laughs> of the episode. They could have cut so much of that Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross bullshit from yep. the beginning. And it could have just been, this is the case you wanted, boss. Cracks it open. He pulls out the painting. Yeah. yeah. Period. The end. The yeah. end. Nope. Okay, so... As soon as he hangs up, then I think it cuts back to the Inquisitor and, um, or wait, no, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, you do, you see the painting. You see the painting and the Inquisitor is no longer in the painting. Right. Um, because and then it did he, that a couple times. It like, did. It did that with the monk too. The monk and it did that with when he went in. Um, so he hangs up the phone. He turns around. The Inquisitor's there and, I don't know, he says something stupid. Like, you've been bad or whatever. You've been a naughty puppy. <laughs> right. I'm he, going to rub your nose in it. He wags his finger at him yep. and he goes, shame on you. Shame. 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 He rings a shame. bell. Then he rubs his face in some doo-doo. <laughs> Look at and this he carpet. Goes, this hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> and he takes a rolled up, a rolled up 16th century parchment. And then he hits him in the nose and he yeah. says, you don't have any more butt quests. He said, get down. Get down. Get down. Get down. Make love. Get down. Make love. <laughs> and then he disappears. The door is open. In walks Jimmy. He walks over. He sees the painting on the ground. He picks up and he's like, today's my lucky day, heart. Now I don't have to pay for anything. And then he immediately shows up in the Inquisition, and uh, that's basically like I think he then oh, immediately and the gets whipped. Changes. Oh, and it's just him. A shirtless heart. No, no, it's a shirtless Jimmy. Oh, on I thought it was a shirtless heart. No, it's a shirtless Jimmy on the ground because he shows up, and now he's the one wearing the shirt. 
Oh, I have to rewatch this because that is not what I saw. I saw a shirtless heart because heart was in the rack and Jimmy is now watching it. That's what I saw. Oh, I saw him. I saw him on the ground, like, like in those kitten videos when they're tickling the kitten's tummy, and it would be like, whoop, yeah, whoop. that's what I saw in the painting. Now, uh, keep in mind, by this point, I was just praying for death yeah. or the end of this episode. The sweet embrace whichever, of the crypt. Yeah, whichever one came first. <laughs> it is not it. worth. It's not worth looking up and yeah. Yeah. It, regardless, something oh, no. something regardless, stupid. Fortunately, happens. the episode ends. Yeah, yeah. The episode ends, and it just it came out of nowhere yep. where it ends, and then it's just black screen for three seconds, and then credits. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I kind of looked around like what but it it reminded me of um god i forget which episode of the simpsons was um but it was um marge i don't get it like is this a happy ending it's an ending yeah <laughs> like that like we don't have to worry so much or you found it i found it okay all right so he has he has the painting oh, don't make us watch it again okay then he's on the floor then there's shirtless. He looks up. Oh. And then I, well, I was talking about the painting. The, I didn't. I didn't see him in the painting. The painting that I saw was him on the ground, right? Oh no! I thought it was him in the rack. It's him in the rack. Oh. Oh. We got a real Rashomon I, here. No. no. Don't don't, bes- don't besmirch that movie's good name <laughs> by comparing it to this. <laughs> you know, no. you know what? I, I I think that what it was was it was actually him on the rack versus him on the ground right. like a kitten. I I I like yours better. Let's move on. <laughs> That's the episode. Yay! Uh, go to the writers' room. Is there anything we would have changed about this? Well, episode? I think we already kind of talked about the things that we'd change. Well, yeah, I would have sped pacing. The, the Take pace. out the witless repartee. <laughs> well, if the painting, so this had you a, don't need Jimmy at all. You didn't. No, you really don't. You yeah. didn't. Well, need, he would have been the person delivering the crate at most. What if the crate was already there? Yeah, just uh, you'd start with he's in the living room opening a crate. So this episode reminded me a lot of Effect and Cause, mm-hmm. which was the episode. With oh the yeah, pains, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and. But, I mean, it's different enough, but it had that feel of just like, so what caused what, mm-hmm. right? So if they had sped up the top and gotten him into the painting faster mm-hmm. and then got him back and he couldn't get rid of it, mm-hmm. and then they came to collect their their due, mm-hmm. like, you still have the painting. You haven't repented. And he's like, I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm yeah, trying to get rid I of like it. Yeah, I like that. And then... You know, it it becomes the thing, like the thing that he can't get rid of. Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, the Jimmy character comes in at the end and puts it back into. Um, now, now this would be really modern, but uh, he puts it back into the box and he gets a phone call and he answers the phone call and he goes, "Yeah, I have a new piece of art for you." And he's yeah. That would have been cool. I mean, that's always my twist of fate is that somebody's in on it the mm-hmm. whole time. He could have been like the monk or something, right? Yeah, but yeah, like, 
But like, I just felt it comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere after. Let me try to try this again. In improv, I would always talk about the playground. And like, I would always say, like, in the first 30 seconds of a scene, you establish the playground, like who we are, what we're doing, and what we're about. And, and then most bad improv scenes forget all of that yep. and then try to make a new playground mm-hmm. when they've already pretty much got everything that they need in the first 30 seconds. This episode is a classic example of that. You spend all this time getting to know Jimmy and Hart when the real episode is this this fucking painting yeah. sucks you into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, then we don't need any of that. Get them in the painting faster. Well, and uh, I mean, here's a question I have. Would the painting do it if you were not a bad person? I don't think so. But if you're not a bad person, then you wouldn't have stolen it from a church. Hmm. Like I would, I would have taken it as a not a BPRD type of thing, but like that kind of like it's a hook to catch criminals mm-hmm. from the church or from the Vatican or from whatever. Okay, all right. I I would have thought that would have been a little bit more interesting, a little good versus evil type action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I mean, it might not even be worth it. Yeah, it, it might not even be a good idea. Scale of one to ten, how many silky robes would you guys give this episode? Three. Yeah, three. I'd give it four. Yeah. Smell you later. <laughs> Smell you Smell later. Smell you later, heretic. Smell you later forever. <laughs> <laughs> you can get in contact with us at T from the Dark Side on Facebook, T from the Dark Side on Instagram, TFTDS Pod on Twitter. And you can always send us a good old fashioned email at T from the Dark Side at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Uh, that Vincent Price commercial came from our good friend Sean. Uh, Sean, also, thank you so much. This is the first episode that we have recorded since you uh, sent us that beautiful Christmas message with you posing with your sweet stickers. Uh, we are so glad those got to you safely. We Yay. hope you, you enjoyed the handwritten note from Mr. Matt Rose, signed by all three of us it can only increase in value (laughs) much like a 16th century painting of the inquisition tempera painting yes if you're in the audience right now and listening and you would like stickers of your own please get in contact with us we still have a few of those and uh (laughs) or a fucking stack (laughs) but either way we would love to send you stum 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 we would love to send you some and um, just say thank you for listening to Transmissions from the Dark Side. Um, 2018, it's going to be a big year for us. I can tell you that right now because we're going to work our fucking faces off to give you the best possible show that is talking about a show that only everybody in this room and everybody listening cares about. <laughs> All right. Anything else that we need to mention? Try to enjoy the Try to enjoy the daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. That's it. Bye. Bye. Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. 
Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side and on Twitter at TFTDSPod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight. Thanks for listening to Transmissions from the Dark Side. This is Matt here. Um, Transmissions is housed on Gabber Media, and Gabber Media is excited to be teaming up with Snow Day. And if you don't know what Snow Day is, I'm my good friend Bob Wick here to tell you all about it. How you doing, Bob? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Bob, what is Snow Day? We are a 26-hour uh, improv slash comedy or improv comedy um, marathon uh, at the Go Comedy Theater in Ferndale. Uh, and what we do is we put on a 26-hour festival at, uh, to raise money for, for basically some local, really great local charities like uh, the Gilda House of Detroit, the Tim Hayden Memorial uh, Scholarship Fund. And this year, uh, we're also dedicating some of the money to the Diana George Jake Oaks uh, Endowment Fund, which is uh, a memorial fund that was set up for uh, the co-founder of Snow Day, Pete Jake Oaks' uh, mother, who passed away we lost last year. It's a, a fund that helps uh, with uh, her, the school district that she worked in. So 100% of the profits is going to charities that help people who are dealing with cancer or who have lost folks or, you know, just it, it's it's money into the community. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to put on a great show for good causes. So if I'm coming this time, mm-hmm. do I have to stay for all 26 hours? No, no. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask the dumbest question. No, to make that's sure, cool. <laughs> to make sure that I knew. Uh, you're welcome to. Uh, but we have, we actually have the night divided into blocks. Um, like the more, you know, the easier blocks to go to, of course. Like, uh, th- so the doors open at seven. Show starts at eight on January thirteenth. Um, it's a Saturday. So that first block is, you know, it's only like two hours long. And then we go into another two hour block, and then. Throughout the night, the long uh, when we get into like the four a.m. type area, the 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 blocks become longer because that's like a, usually a traditionally a harder time to fill a house. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, but you know, honestly, we've not that it's been a full house, but we've 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 kind of figured out ways to to make sure that there's always an audience for the performers. You know, do you have any special guests coming this year? We do. We have uh, we have this really cool troupe. They're called Damaged Goods. Um, I love those guys. They come to the Improv Festival every year. They've been to every diff. That's the Detroit Improv Festival, as far as I can remember. And they are, and I've seen them at other festivals. They are high energy. They're a lot of fun, and they're just really good dudes. And when I ask them if they want to come up, yeah, uh, they they're donating their time. They're, they they. They're not asking us for any travel costs or anything like that. And then they're going to put on an hour show, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, 10.30 on Saturday. So 10.30 Saturday. 10.30 on Saturday. Okay, and that is January 13th. 13th. Yeah. Uh, we also have a couple acts coming up from um, Cincinnati, uh, some newer troops. Uh, they're going to be on a little bit later in the night. And from what I've seen in Cincinnati, I've been into their, their uh, festival a couple times. That's gonna be a great show too. So this super fun. Yeah, and like again, like this all great people just coming up and volunteering their time. You know, like that. I, I just these are all wonderful people just donating their time. It's just I think it's really cool. You know, that's 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 what I like about being an improviser. Like everybody takes care of each other. 
And we're super excited because we are doing a live episode Sunday, January 14th at 2 p.m. And you can come and see us live. Boy, oh boy, if you love live podcasts, we're going to give you one. (laughs) Bob, anything else that you'd like to mention? Uh, Yeah, Um, you can get tickets at www.gocomedy.net. Uh, but if you can't make it and you still want to support or help or you just like my story, uh, you can go to Detroit Snow Day, all one word, DetroitSnowDay.com uh, backslash donate. And you, uh, it's just a PayPal account that we set up and it goes, you know, again, 100% of the profits, all the money goes to do those three charities um, and they're all you know, great charities. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll have the link to that as well on gabbermedia.com. And it'll be in our posts on Facebook as well. Bob, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Of course. Bye.
And we're super excited because we are doing a live episode Sunday, January 14th at 2 p.m. And you can come and see us live. Boy, oh boy, if you love live podcasts, we're going to give you one. (laughs) 